Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Ben Eidenschenk, a Wisconsin native who currently lives and trains in Boulder, Colorado. Ben recently made waves when he finished sixth overall at the 2022 U.S. Cross Country Championships as an unsponsored, relatively unheralded runner, winning the M and Ben Co-ed Scoring Challenge with his girlfriend Alicia Monson. Ben has personal bests of 13.56 for 5,000 and 28.20 for 10,000, but this was a big breakout race on the national stage and surely the start of a phenomenal 2022 season. We talked about his attitude as he trains with and races against pros, his journey from the University of Wisconsin to Colorado, and why he's not moving to the roads anytime soon. We also covered lucky underwear, training with the coffee club, high school message board drama, and some truly excellent quarantine shenanigans in Madison. If you didn't know Ben's name before, you better remember it now, as he's not going anywhere and he's only getting better. Enjoy the conversation, and don't forget to leave us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. And don't forget, of course, to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram at RunYourMouthPod. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. to it um welcome to run your mouth long run talk for long talking runners i'm your host david Melly, uh and this week my guest is ben eidenshank how's it going pretty good how are you i'm doing all right first off did i get did i pronounce your name last name correctly oh wait go again eidenshank yeah that's right on all right nailed it (laughs) when we when before we get into anything else what is that on the wall behind you um so this is a uh coffee um bag um so there's a there's a shop downtown from us um and they like give these away it's basically like what they use to to take the like beans after they're harvested um to take them to like roasters um so yeah there's a it's called ampersand coffee one of my favorite places so we uh us and some of the some of the guys um like ollie and morgan i think they have one too so yeah just a nice piece the coffee club has their uh, coffee memorabilia yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh is that what's your go-to order there what's the what's the coffee order definitely latte it's simple but um can't beat it so you go for real milk you hold out whole milk no other option <laughs> speaking of the coffee club are you are you a listener to the coffee club podcast i i, I, I will say i'm a fan i enjoy their their episodes so I'm a little bit conflicted because um, like I'm around the guys a fair amount and Alicia likes to listen to it like on her, on her way to workouts and stuff like that. And then sometimes in the mornings, but like I, it's, I have a hard time um, doing other things. Like I need to, whatever I'm doing, I have to focus on that. Um, and to me, if it's on the background, it's just like, you know, they're always arguing or something. <laughs> So for me, it's, it's like, if I, if I wanted to listen to it, I have to like exclusively listen to it. Um, but yeah, and the, the, yeah, it is entertaining though. I'll give them that. Like it, I like what they do. And, um, but yeah, you, I definitely, uh, just being around the guys a lot. I feel like I get 
I get the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I could see not wanting to listen to it because you're like, this is my, this is my existence day to day. I don't need a... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, but no, they do a great job. And uh, they've had some, some really entertaining uh, bits and things like that. So, yeah. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to start putting on an Australian access, accent to build my audience. I think that's the key is... Uh, yeah, I, I do find the uh, I find the accents very pleasant to listen to, even if uh, I, I'm only half paying attention to the content. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Just feels good on the ears. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of the things I was going to ask you about before we get into this weekend is so. So you're from Wisconsin, born and bred, grew up there and yep. ran for UW. Um, and obviously with uh I mean, even before Mick coming in, but obviously with, with Mick as the coach, did I attract uh, quite the international uh, a team? So what is that like on the college team in terms of having like a very mixed culture clash almost of uh, the, the international uh, students and the, the Wisconsinites? It was uh, like, it, it seems like, it seems like it'd be weird, um, especially you know, if you're from a small town going to University of Wisconsin and then all of a sudden like being around a lot of international um, men and women, but I think it actually works really well. And it's kind of like, at this point, it's definitely like part of the identity of the program, um, specifically like the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin kids and then the Australian kids. Like there's, even now there's, um, I think there's, at least two or three Australians on the team. So it's just kind of like, I don't, I don't know how that happened. I guess maybe <laughs> with Morgan, but yeah, it just uh, probably organically came about and it's uh, it just works pretty well. Like it was a ton of fun, um, you know, going, going to Madison, being in a bigger city and then, you know, being around these guys that have a totally different background and uh definitely a lot of fun times that came out of that. Like, like whenever we'd always go to, um, we'd always go to Tyson Meehy's farm, like his parents' house, mm -hmm. like for just like a mid cross country season weekend. And it was always just like really funny seeing the, the international guys, like we'd always like shoot, shoot the guns and things like that. So <laughs> it was, uh, for them probably pretty weird, but it was, it was, uh, always really fun seeing like them get used to the, to the Wisconsin, way things Wisconsin are as well. Were there, were there American things you had to, uh, explain to them when they got there? I know when Ollie came in on his visit, like he was, uh, he was in love with this girl. And, uh, I remember we were, sounds about right. <laughs> it was like me mick and ollie and uh ollie just like for some reason just started telling mick like how much he loves this girl and mick's just like laughing at me kind of like looking over and he's like yeah that'll change pretty quickly <laughs> so was she a I, girl from back home was the i think so but oh man yeah i don't have a great response to your actual question but things like that were kind of funny just uh well, if nothing else, you can bond over beer. You know, that's like the Venn diagram, right? <laughs> of course. 
Um, that's uh, actually my my friend friend of the pod and my real life friend Molly Seidel. That's like a long um, not not point of contention, but obviously Wisconsin is very into their uh, like weedy like malty beers, and I of course being a New Englander and like very into like hazy hoppy IPAs. And so there's always, I, I haven't quite come to love the Wisconsin or the Midwest beers generally, but I, I know that, my day will come. That, that's interesting. Cause like, I think I probably prefer like hazy IPAs more. Um, but th- there's just like something about uh, beers like made in Wisconsin, like new Glarus is a pretty good example. Have you had that? No. They make uh, spotted cow is probably what you've heard of if you've heard of it, but yeah, more of like a weedy beer. Um, that's just like so good because you can only get it in Wisconsin as well. Mm-hmm. So like, that's probably one of my favorites as well. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, an endless varieties of beer you could you could drink and just keep discovering more. A strange phenomenon that I've discovered is that for whatever reason. Uh, and specifically male runners, international male runners are much more likely to wear like underwear under their running shorts. And no one has ever been able to come up with a satisfactory explanation why. It might be a European thing. So I'm not sure if like the Australian guys do it. Like half tights as opposed to shorts or like. Like they'll wear like underwear under like short, like like short, like boxer brief types, but like under short shorts. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Morgan or Ellie ever did that. So right. it must be a European thing then <laughs> that, to me, that feels like a underconfidence middle school thing. Well, like, yeah, that's like the, the, <laughs> yeah, I used to, I, when I was like a freshman or something, I would wear like these, like, yeah, underwear under my running shorts. And, um, when we went to regionals, I forgot the underwear <laughs> and like it, really got in my head and I didn't make it to sectionals because I was just like, I got, I have to wear these, you know, like part of my, uh, the lucky just, socks of, uh, yeah, like that. So yeah, I, I used to do that, but um, I, I never did the underwear, but like I would, there are a lot of pictures of me with like the half tights under shorts look in like high school. Like that was a classic. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was like, I was also like a, a big boy in middle in high school too because like I, I came from swimming so it was always like a real like there's like if i just wore the shorts like it's real thunder thighs situations <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you did need them <laughs> maybe yeah maybe um yeah the well actually uh d- so did you go on recruiting trips anywhere besides wisconsin so i went on a recruiting trip to arkansas and i was gonna go to one to portland um but it was like Portland was just one of the schools that I was considering, but I think, I think there was something where I would have to like pay my way to the trip. Yeah. I wasn't that connected to Portland. So it was like, you know, kind of easier to rule out. But yeah, I did go to Arkansas. Um, one of my like D2 rivals, Ethan Maine, he was like really good back in the day um, in high school. And so he went, he was a year above me. So he went to Arkansas and I was like pretty connected to, to him. Um, and so I, I did go visit there and uh, it was, it was like, 
it was definitely not an easy decision. Like, um, I was, I, I really didn't know what to do. Um, but it, it kind of just came down to like wanting to be at Wisconsin, wanting to wear, you know, the Jersey, you know, um, Chris, uh, Chris Linsky grew up pretty close to where I'm from. Um, so like watching him compete for Wisconsin was kind of like, and seeing these in-state guys go to Wisconsin and run really well, that was pretty cool to me. And that made me want to go there as well. And just like continue, kind of continue the tradition of just like Wisconsin guys going, going there and, and running really well and having good teams. There was, I saw, it was like going around Twitter recently, I think there was a graphic of the top hundred 10 K runners and where they were from. And it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> did you see this? I did that. <laughs> it's like 95 dots in Kenya and Ethiopia. And then like one in Portland, one in Wisconsin, <laughs> and I think one in Vancouver. I was really happy to see that. Um, got some good representation there. Um, I wanted to see, I was bummed they didn't do a women's top 100 list because I'm sure it's somewhere out there, but I wonder, I I just was, I was just kind of curious, like where, where in the States or if there are, where in the States there, there would be. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I guess it would be probably, I would bet Molly Huddle is probably in the top hundred, but she might be the only one from the U S yeah, I'm not, I'm really not I sure. don't, yeah, I don't have my descending order list. I was honestly surprised Selinsky was still in there. Like, I, I, I guess a hundred is like a pretty big number, but yeah, with, with the lights and the shoes and everything, I feel like sub 27 isn't as, as special as it used to be. Yeah. Maybe in, we'll see in like 10 years, how different it is, I guess. It's only really been, you know, a year or two since they came out. And so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool to see how like, how much it impacts things. So were you, so you're, I think you're a couple of years younger than me. Were you following the sport when the big, like Slinsky breaking 27, uh, when that happened? Yeah, I definitely didn't see it live. Um, because I don't, it was hard yeah. to watch things. Back then. <laughs> it's still I, hard to watch things. We like hear about things that happened like through our coach or whatever, like online. But yeah, that was like a pretty huge deal. Um, and then he, I think sometime, at, sometime after that, I think it was after that, he, uh, Chris came to like, so he's from Stevens Point and he went to Spash, which is the high school in Stevens Point. So there was a big meet in Spash every year for cross country. And so I don't know if this was before or after that, but he would like come back to that meet and like, you know, give autographs, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I think, I think I met him there. I'm not, can't exactly remember, but that was really cool. Like seeing him back in Wisconsin and yeah, just like, yeah, he's like a legend. So having the fanboy moment, you know, you didn't ask him for a picture or anything. Um, I, I'm not, I can't really remember. I don't, I don't think that I did. Is that, is that pleading the fifth? You're like, I want to seem cool. I didn't, I didn't ask him for it. (laughs) I was if I did want one, I would probably be too nervous to, to jump up there. But yeah. have you, uh, what's the, uh, as someone who I'm sure has been to many, many a track and cross country race, uh, have you, can you remember like the biggest moment where you felt like truly starstruck by 
meeting a runner or, or being near a runner? I'd say like some of the two people stand out, um, Molly and Carl Hirsch, because like I would always go to the state track meet um, before I was in high school because my, mm. my brother was four years older than me um, and he went to stay a couple of times. So like, yeah, going to going to state track, I remember I remember them particularly because like in Molly's case, I think she like lapped everyone in the field and it was just like you're just you, I, you, I just remember watching and it was just like this is insane. Like, how is she this good? Yeah. Like, so, and, and, and to see like what she's gone on to do is, is pretty, pretty sweet. Like, so yeah. And it, that was, that was uh really cool. And then Carl Hirsch, he would, he ran at Wisconsin too. He's a teammate of mine. He was a bit older than me, but I remember I was like, maybe I was a freshman in high school. Um, and he just like in the, division one mile he like destroyed everyone like it was it was one of those things where i don't think he was like favored to win or anything but he just went out in like 60 and just like held it as long as he could i think he ran like maybe like 408 or something which at the time like like yeah that's still a big deal in high school to me (laughs) so yeah just seeing just seeing him just like just absolutely rinse everyone. That was, that was another cool moment where, you know, I, I never met either of those people like at the meet, but it was just like, when I saw, they're a big deal. (laughs) And when I saw Carl do that, I was like, I want to do that. Like that kind of got me and got me going. It is funny. Like I didn't, I didn't really follow like running, uh, like uh, growing up. Like I, knew who Usain Bolt was, but maybe would not have known who like Galen Rupp or Ryan Hall was in high school. So I had a pretty, I've had a weird, like I've had to educate myself about things that happened while I was like in high school and college, but I just wasn't paying attention to at the time. I I, I think that in middle school, I was like pretty, you know, not connected to what was going on. But in high school, I was like very connected to like what was going on in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, were you ever like the, did Wisconsin have like a thriving die stat community? That was, that was big in Massachusetts. Um, so we had like, I don't, I don't even remember. Oh, I think it was called track talk. Oh, sure. We had, yeah. We had these message boards mm-hmm. and uh, like, I got really into like looking at these you know, all the posts on these message boards, especially once I like started running well. Oh, you got to so, yeah, search your name. See who's yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> you get really excited. But, uh, I was kind of like, I was a bit fiery in high school and I made like, hold on, define fiery. <laughs> uh, just like, I think I'd be a lot to handle for a, for a coach. Okay. <laughs> but you were very, this, you were very into it. <laughs> this, this, uh, story will have to show. Um, so I was like someone, yeah. So I, I had an account on this message board thing and like, you know, someone, someone posted about like one of my friends that was going to run at Wisconsin with me. Mm-hmm. And like, I fired off like a comment to them and, um, I like, 
I made the, the like website creator, like super mad. And he like shut down the site because of what I said. What did you say? I, I can't even remember, but, um, was like, it like, like it had swears in it or like, why was he so mad about it? I just like, I just had a lot of attitude. <laughs> um, just like, you know, very, I was very disagreeable. I didn't like swear or anything. I, I, to be honest, I can't remember what I said, but yeah, like the next day, like all of the, all of like the archives for Wisconsin and things like that were just deleted. <laughs> and, like, so the, the site got like, cleared out because whoever ran the site got like really really mad at what i said um so yeah and uh, i kind of forgot about that for a while but one of my one of my friends at wisconsin who is also a d2 guy he like also happened to be like you know someone who contributed to the message boards and stuff like that and he was like dude did you know that this happened and it was all because of you and i <laughs> forgotten because a couple of years had gone by and uh yeah i was like yeah i definitely was uh not as uh not as easy going back then <laughs> yeah i i think people for because it's you know there's all the talk of the let's run message boards today and like all the shitty stuff on there but yeah i think people forget the intense pettiness that was like your high school league's thread on like the, the die stab oh, message boards. It was a big deal because like back then, like the only thing that really existed was like whatever was going on in Wisconsin. Like we didn't, we didn't really pay attention. Oh, yeah, to not at all. <laughs> out of that. So yeah, like all the, all the going on, going ons were just like, yeah, everyone was talking about this, that. So yeah, now now I kind of just like stay away from message boards. I'm like, can't get caught up in that. Like, that's a uh, good policy overall. <laughs> you can waste your whole life on on those boards. Yeah, or in Twitter replies. That's the new message board uh, these I'm days. <laughs> definitely staying away from Twitter. <laughs> I actually, well, this is a weird segue, but uh, the so I was. I I hope you're not offended by this, but. I was tweeting from the Sidious account, the like live tweeting um, uh, the U.S. Cross this weekend, and I had a, a moment where I was like, I'm watching the race in the first pack, and you know, and I r- recognized most of the people in the pack, and I noticed that the announcers are trying to avoid saying who was in the lead because you were in the lead and they clearly didn't know who you were. And I was kind of like, Oh, these they're announcers. They're so terrible. Like they don't know who's in the lead. And then I was like, you know, I don't actually know who's in the lead. Yeah, who is, <laughs> who is that guy? Um, but now we know, um, did you, I guess, uh, obviously like throwing down with, you know, Olympians and everything. Well, um, I told you up. what was the tweet? Oh, I was just trying, I was trying to tweet about the race from Sidious and like trying, like struggling to figure out like who the heck was that guy up there. And then fortunately, I think I I spelled your name right the whole time. So I was proud of that. No, I think I saw one of those tweets and it was like relative unknown. And I actually really liked that because um, I kind of had like a, I don't know, not many people know who I am, I guess. And I kind of like that. 
Like it's, I was going to ask, is that like a motivating like chip on your shoulder or is that like you feel like disrespected? Um, I kind of like it. Um, just like to me, it's, it's kind of nice flying under the radar a little bit. So seeing that was like, it was, it was kind of cool, but yeah, you know, it is motivating, like getting out there. Obviously there's like multiple Olympians in the field and that was really cool. Um, from that perspective of just like, you know, people, there's probably not that many people that like are familiar with who I am, but, um, it's kind of cool being able to race and being in that position. So you have, uh, I mean, obviously that was, did, was that your plan going in of like, I'm just going to mix it up with the leaders and, and go for um, it or not at all. So <laughs> basically, basically, um, how I ran was kind of based on what happened at, um, so I ran New York, uh, the Abbott dash to the finish line, mm-hmm. like the road 5k championships. Um, so it kind of was based off of that. And also just like watching previous U S cross races. Like I knew that the, like the American distance project guys, like they're just going to run fast. Like they're going to go out hard. That's just kind of how they, their style. Um, and, uh, going back to the road 5k champs, that race was like, I was really, really not ready for it to go out how fast it went out. And like, I don't know. I just didn't really expect it. It like at the 5k champs, it definitely slowed down. And like, I was able to get back into it, but yeah, that was that course is like just absolutely brutal in the second half. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was like getting dropped in the, in the first 200 meters at that race. Cause I just like, wasn't ready. I don't, I don't think I was warmed up enough. Just wasn't ready to sprint all out. Um, so yeah, going into this race, I was just like, you know, we're going back to cross country. I haven't raced cross country in a while in the past. Like it's definitely been hard for me to get out. You know, there's just so many bodies in cross. And if, if you're not like out there, it's going to be a lot harder, um, you know, to run, to run the, the loops and corners with everyone around you. So that was kind of like my motivation. I was like, I was like, I think that the, the army guys are going to go out pretty, pretty, pretty hot. Um, so I'm just going to go out. I'm just going to go out hard and uh, see what happens. Cause I expected them to do the same thing. Um, but then, yeah, obviously like it was kind of a, it was kind of surprising when I maybe like 200 meters into the race, I was like, I don't feel like I'm running that hard, but like literally no one is next to me. So it was kind of like a deceiving start because I thought it would be, I thought the the course was pretty soft and like, you know, I thought it would feel really hard going out. Um, and it just wasn't. So then, then, you know, 200 meters in when I'm at the front, it was just like, well, I'm not going to slow down and I don't want to take, I, I knew that the course like narrow is a lot. And obviously there's like really tight turns. So I was just like, well, I'll just keep rolling with it. Like, I'm not going to slow down. I have like plenty of space. So I just, you know, rolled with it. And yeah, the race just kind of like went on from there. I wasn't, it kind it happened pretty organically, I'd say. Would you, uh, would you consider yourself like cross is your strong suit? Like that's your jam or roads track 
something else? I don't think I have a clear, a clear strength. Like in college, I always, I always thought that I I should be really good at cross because I'm probably more of a strength guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I never really raced that well cross. Like I was that my best finish at NCAAs is like maybe like a, like a hundredth, just over a hundredth. So yeah, like you'd think if I was really good at cross, I would have, you know, placed top hundred at least once, but yeah, never, never happened. That's a, that's a fun stat, right? Uh, finish about a hundred places higher at uh us champs. Than yeah. NCAAs. No, it, it's funny. Um, it's funny being like, it's funny being with, like, obviously I'm with, um, you know, the OAC, um, team a lot. And so like, sometimes you, sometimes you forget, like, like obviously all of them are like, have had a really successful college career, things like that. So sometimes like, sometimes there's, sometimes I, I hear things that I, where I'm like, like someone says, Oh, you can't even be a top 100 at NCAAs. And in the back of my head, I'm like, Yeah, I never was, never was a top 100. So, yeah, things like that make me feel like, you know, I kind of have this like outside perspective because I'm like, Yeah, I never really had, um, I had like some really bright points in college, but like never had, yeah, I would never was all American. Um, I think my best finish at Big Tens was maybe like fourth, was fourth twice. Um, so yeah, it's kind of funny like being in this being in the position I am now, because like there's little things like that where it's like, yeah, it's just different perspectives, you know. Do you so do you feel like that's part of where you're at now mentally is feeling like you have unfinished business from college, or is that like the past is the past moving on? <laughs> Um, I definitely think that like, yeah, I'd say I definitely have unfinished business. Like my perspective is kind of like, so when I came out of college, like a lot of people I know, they, they would ask me like, they'd ask me like, Oh, like, when are you going to do your first road race? Like things like that. Cause I was more of like a strength-based guy. And I was like, and every time someone would ask me, ask me that I would just be like, I'm not going to like, that's not what I want to do. Like I want, I definitely want to stay on the track. Um, and because I just, I just like see, I see that I have like a lot of room left to grow. Um, definitely. And I definitely think that like, I can keep getting, getting better. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like, I think there's a lot, a lot left for me to accomplish and that, and I just like love racing as well. Like, so to me, you know, to me, it's like, it might be a little weird to like normal people. Um, well, if, what's if, normal in the running world? <laughs> like, so like non, non running. Oh, right, yeah, sure. Like, it's a little weird to them. Like, Oh, like, why are you still running after college? Like, are you going to get a job? Like things like that. Like, but to me, it's just like, you know, I love racing. Um, man, I just like, every time I go and race hard, you know, I'm seeing that, like, I'm still improving. So that's like a big motivator. Um, and I definitely like, 
yeah, it's, it's just nice to see, um, uh, it's nice to see, you know, the improvement and just that, like your, your work is, is paying off. Like, so yeah, that's like, that's probably like a big part of it. Definitely. So we're too old to get a second hobby anyways, you know, (laughs) you gotta (laughs) just stick with what works. Um, no, so so no Boston for you in 20, uh, 22, you're the only one not running the Boston marathon. Watch it. It's yeah. I I saw that like everyone and their cousin. (laughs) Yeah. Now that they're running Boston should be really cool. I kind of, I kind of realized this last year, like, cause I remember hearing like all the announcements for the, for the fall marathons. It's pretty brutal. Like obviously they announce all these people, but like how many people actually show up on the start line is, is kind of crazy. Like a lot, even though everyone's, you know, all these people are planning to run it, it'll be interesting to say, see who lines up. Cause obviously there's, you know, complications, there's injuries, things like that. And, uh, yeah, half of, I feel like in the marathon, half of the battle is just like, getting to the start line and being able to like actually compete. Speaking of, uh, of, uh, couple running though, you guys won the, the couple competition at USA's. <laughs> uh, that was, I, mean, I was confused about that because like Emily Infeld and Ben Blankenship are not like, <laughs> they're not a couple there. I think it was just a, a co-ed challenge, which is, it was okay. a nice yeah. challenge, but I had a couple, I mean, I got a lot of texts about that and, everyone was saying like the couple challenge and I'm like, is there something I don't know about? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, but that was, uh, that was kind of a pretty cool idea. I like that. Um, and like after, so after the women's race finished, like I saw that, um, Emily was, was third and I was like, so I was like jokingly just thinking on my warm up. I was like, all right. I just can't let Ben Blankenship beat me by more than two spots. <laughs> That's all it's going to take. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun doing that. And I think a lot of people got really into it. So it was, I don't know. I don't know if Emily that or what, but it, uh, it's really, really kind of an interesting concept. So. Yeah. I was, I, I hope that that kind of becomes like, I don't know whether it's like, Oh, there'll be a, you know, you know how some some races will have a bon- a gender bonus where like if you make up a certain amount of time, the women get the bonus, and if you don't, the men. Like it would be cool to have like a start incorporating that into races of like oh you yeah. know, there, sure there's team prize money, but there could also be like co-ed prize money, especially for road races and, and cross and stuff where like places such an important factor. That'd be cool. I think that. Uh... <laughs> got to carry my weight a little bit more (laughs) Uh, uh, zach Zach and i always joke that uh we we have the advantage of um both being guys um so we we have a decent shot at like being the fastest marathoner couple and pretty much like any given circumstances the the problem is the halls are like they're like our nemesis like they they have us, I think, by a couple of minutes, at least on PB. I don't know what kind of shape Ryan's in these days, but uh, you you guys could really uh, do some damage on the 10K distance, though. So uh, I don't I don't know if we could take you guys. We'll have to throw down someday. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Problem is, Alicia's too good. That's the <laughs> yeah. She 
yeah, she looked great out there. Like this is one of the races that I was, I really was not nervous at all for her. Like the, the trials, I was like, I was so nervous. Like I, we just like, didn't know how it was going to go, you know, things like that. But this one, she was just like, so calm. And I was just like, you know, she's been training great. Um, so yeah, when I, when I left for my warm up, I was like, just like hardly thinking about it. Cause I was like, she's got this. And then I, I did like, so I went out, I started my warm up like towards Fiesta Island. And then I like came back just to see like where she was at. And at that point she had like broken Wayne. And I was like, all right, nothing to worry about back to my race. <laughs> um, do you get but, more nervous for her races than your own? Um, yeah, I'd say in, in like the big events, definitely like, yeah, like the trials, the Olympics, that was, yeah. that was like, yeah, I was really nervous for her. Cause like, you know, I can't really do much at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like I would probably, I would rather be the one racing than the one like supporting Cause you know, as soon as the gun goes off when you're racing, like it's just business, you know? So, yeah, but yeah. I, um, and I was, I was, uh, happy to see I, when I finished my warm up, I like barely made it back so that I could see her like cross the line. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Cause it was, you know, our first U S title and I was glad I got to, got to see her, see her do it. So, so yeah. Our, uh, our last guest in the pod was Ellie Hennis, who was also part of a running couple. And we, uh, it's kind of a recurring theme on the pod is like, oh, dating runners, like not dating runners. Um, but Ellie had a great story of how she and Luis met. So I guess the, the pressure's on for you. How did, how did you and Alicia meet? I, I mean, I assume through the team, but do you remember the, the first oh. time you actually met? So we were, we were teammates for a while, but it's so this is like my, I've got like a way different perspective than like most just random people do. Cause like when, uh, when I, when Alicia was a freshman, like she was just like, I mean, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but <laughs> like, she was just like the, the weird quiet girl who didn't do anything but study. Like, <laughs> so <You're> on blast. <laughs> yeah. So like, freshman year like i don't think i had any interactions with her until um until our training trip which was actually also in san diego mm-hmm. um, and i was like so we're we're in san diego for spring break um just training down there and like i was doing i was doing like my business school application and i had like had like 24 hours to, to submit my application um, so I was like super stressed out, all this stuff, trying to get it in. Um, I like submitted my, my, uh, paper at like the last possible second. And then like, as soon as I got done, I, I like all the guys had gone to like old town, San Diego or something. And so I was just like by myself and, uh, I was like, well, I just got left behind. This kind of sucks. So I went, I went with, the. Uh, with like Amy Davis and Alicia and some of the other women to like this Brazilian restaurant. And that was like the very first time that like, I think I ever interacted with her. Um, and then, but it wasn't until like around Thanksgiving time 
like the next, the next or later that year that we like, you know, started, started talking things like that. So yeah. And then our, Maybe conveniently post cross country. That's when every running relationship starts in college <laughs> is between our, cross and indoor. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Our first, I think our first or no, our second date was in New York city though. Oh, really? Because, because we were, um, we were there for like the Dr. Sanders invite at the armory. And so that was like, that helped me out a lot because we like, it was a pretty crazy date. Cause, um, we went to like the top of the Rockefeller center, mm-hmm. like went into like a, a Gucci store, just did all this like random stuff in New York. Um, did you guys go ice skating? That was our first date actually. All right. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, we had a, that was, that was pretty, not very typical. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to go back and listen to the, the Ellie story, but I'm not. They met at a like post cross country dance or something and like didn't like see each other until years later, but they have a, like a picture together. It's a good story. Uh, it's definitely worth something. It is funny though, the the running, the teammate relationships, you know, two of my two of my very best friends from college uh were they were, you know, they're both on the team and literally their freshman year, they had just coincidentally like their dorm rooms were right next to each other. Um, uh, <laughs> and they, you know, obviously like they didn't start dating until like a year and a half later, but like the whole freshman year, they were literally right next to each other in the dorms. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. I wonder, I wonder how it would have been if like Alicia and I were the same class because we were one year apart. So like, that's probably why we didn't like interact at all, you know, cause when by the time I was a sophomore, I was like living uh, on the other side of campus, like stuff like that. Did you guys have like a big like track house? Was that was that a thing at Wisconsin? Yeah, so we did, but I didn't move into that house until my junior. Wait, yeah, my junior year. So like, it was kind of like there was the there was like the cross country house. Mm-hmm. I was like pretty close to the to Camp Randall, the stadium with where our locker rooms were. Um, but me, like me and a couple of my other classmates, um, we lived in a separate house. And then eventually, like eventually, um once like some of the older guys left, we moved in. Um, and then you know, I lived there for two years with uh with uh Morgan and Ollie and um Owen hacker bunch bunch of guys so yeah it was like we had eight guys in that house and it was a lot of fun but it was also terrible at some times <laughs> like i didn't thrive very well it was just like it was just not enough space for eight guys and uh yeah the house was just like it's it's just I mean, what can you expect when there's eight guys living in the same house? Like, it's just, it's not very nice. Like my, my house in college was nine guys. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So I, I know, I'll, and I'm like the, the, like the big mom energy. So like, it was like a lot of me doing other people's dishes for like three yeah. years straight. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to do that, but I definitely <laughs> like a, a clean place. Um, 
but yeah, you know, we had a lot of fun in the house and like, especially during like COVID started, mm-hmm. like, you know, indoors canceled, outdoors canceled. Um, that was like, honestly, such a fun time. Cause like at that, well, at that time I was in, I was enrolled in like one class. Um, and like, obviously like it sucked that everything got canceled, but like we had so many good times in the house, just like goofing off and, uh, getting into trouble, stuff like that. So that was was like the one, the one time where we were actually like able to be college kids. So that, uh, there's like a real, like misery loves company element to like, especially like the early, like spring 2020 when everything was like, you were really trying to not like leave the house or interact with people. Like actually my roommate, my roommates in 2020, um, one of them just like sent us all, like he put together like a compilation of like all of his Instagram stories from like that time for with us. (laughs) And yeah, it was a lot of, we like came up with all these like, we had like a house Olympics. Like we came up with all these like dumb games to like oh, yeah. pass the time. <laughs> dumb things we did. There was one night where, um, I don't know. I don't even know how this happened, but we decided to like, we we decided to take a mat- a mattress and just like lake it. And lake so, it like, as a verb, put it in the lake. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, put it in the lake. Um, so like, and I, yeah, okay, so yeah, it was it was uh Owen's mattress and like everyone's like was he aware that this was happening? Oh yeah, like okay. convince convince him like dude, we got to we got to lick your mattress. We got to do it. Um and then it like it came down to like to him saying that he would only do it if um if Alicia would would ride it onto the lake or something like that. And like, so, and he didn't think that she would do it. But do mattresses like, float? I guess I've never thought about this. No. <laughs> um, so then like, yeah, he didn't think that at least she would do it or something. And she's like, we're going to lick that mattress. And so <laughs> just like getting super hyped. Um, and yeah, we, we drove the, drove the mattress over to Lake Wingro, which is right by our house. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, it sunk pretty quickly, <laughs> but it was a ton of fun. This is, um, see, this is the stories that Run Your Mouth exists to bring to light. Like, <laughs> that is, that is amazing. Another. Wait, I, hold on. Key follow-up. Did Olin have anywhere to sleep after that his mattress was leaked? Oh, um, part, part of, part of the deal was that our friend Blumdrew, who was also like, he swam at Ohio State, but he was like, he graduated and he was like living with us at the time. He was like, I mean, he had a lot of drinks, mm-hmm. that, but he was like, if you put your lake, if you put your mattress in the lake, I'll buy you a brand new mattress. So then, so does then, he know how much mattresses cost? He lost a lot of money that spring. I'll just say <laughs> that. But, but the, the best, the well, best uh, part about after that was that. The next day they go to the, the mattress store and uh yeah they go up to like the the mattress whoever's helping sell mattresses and they're like 
yeah, we liked our mattress. And the guy, the guy like turns the back and he's like, that's the second one this week. <laughs> and then, yeah, so they had to explain what happened. And then, yeah, he bought, Blumju bought all on a new mattress and all as well. So, that's, yeah. That's a pretty good COVID story, I, I have to say. That's, uh, that's definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. I think another, another, uh, it's hard to remember all the things we did during that period because it was just like, it's just like three straight months of just, you know, debauchery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we also got really into Catan mm-hmm. during that. And, um, Oh no, I hope my roommates never listen to this because this is this, this is a sticking and- point is I've never learned how to play Catan. And they're always like, we're going to make you play Catan. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Not tonight, but like another night. And then so I maybe, never have. Maybe this, this will show you the, the dangers of Catan. Oh, geez. So, I've, had, I've had like friendships end over risks. So like, I don't know if I can make that, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so Blum Drew, as, as I mentioned, um, he was like, for some reason, really into like analytics. Um, so like. And he was really good with Excel spreadsheets. So after we started playing kind of casually. And then like after a little bit, it really, really kind of like turned up in intensity. And he started like, he started running these, uh, he, they're called Elko ratings, Elko rankings. and just like a, a type of analysis that like, that would rank like how good you are based off of the games you played. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we started tracking like every single game that we played and everyone got like super intense over the, over the rankings. And so, um, yeah, like every time you play, it would change, change the rankings. And after like, after a month, we played, we played like 80 games of Catan. Like, so we literally were playing. All right, wait, doing the math on that. You're playing like almost three times a day. <laughs> I think, I think one day we played like seven games. And so it just got, oh, it got so out of hand. And like, it was like, it kind of made people turn against each other. Cause you know, we're all cooped up in the house and like only playing Catan. And yeah, I think like, I think by like 85 or 90 games, like everyone was just like, I'm never playing Catan again. <laughs> that's that's why I'm like the worst friend to pl- do like stupid stuff like this with because I'm so competitive about the most minor things. Like I will like I will get so mad at somebody if like we're playing pong and they're not like holding their own. Um, like yeah, I I get really around even things I'm not good at. I still just like I hate losing so much that I I'm not fun to to be in those situations with. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you shouldn't pick up Catan then. No, yeah, maybe it's for the best. I feel like we did the same things during COVID. Yeah, because like I was I was graduated from college during COVID, but like my I had like three of my roommates. Um, my three roommates during like the first part of COVID were like all had all run in college, so like kind of same brain and everything. And yeah. um, yeah, we did a lot of we did a lot of really stupid stuff. We also did a lot of very intense uh we would do like like once every couple of weeks we'd do roommate dinners where we'd like really like go all out on and it would always have a theme 
and I'm, I'm more of like a baker than a cook. So I'm like, I'll make dessert. Like I'm, I'm that, that's my comfort zone, but I, I kind of miss the days where I could, where I could just totally go all out at like some, you know, some thing that I just felt like making. Like, I don't have the time to do that anymore, but yeah, it's super. Who's the, who's the cook of the family in, uh, in your household? Um, I think it's pretty even, like kind of like kind of trade off, you know, I think, I think Alicia's definitely a better, I think she'd be a better cook if she like, you know, tried cause she, she studied dietetics in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just generally like more knowledgeable. Yeah. Well, how, uh, before we wrap up, uh, obviously like, so you lived in Wisconsin your whole life and then now you're in Boulder. Has that been a, like a big weird change for you or. It was, re- it's been really nice in the winter, like coming out here, coming out here and just like, um, like the week of NCAAs say for cross country, like having it be as nice here as it is i'm like man it would be so it's just so much easier to train here like in wisconsin like by ncaa weekend it's already like getting to be miserable out so yeah it's definitely just like really great for training and um you know i've become pretty um i think i've gained a aversion to the cold (laughs) i was gonna say Boulder, Colorado is not, I think there are a lot of people who for that would still be a pretty rough winter, but I guess coming from Wisconsin, it's all relative. I mean, yeah, it's been so much better. Like it's, I mean, it's for, for me, yeah. Coming from Wisconsin, like it never gets below zero. Like the snow almost always melts, you know, within a couple of days. Like, I mean, I think, I think the next week or two is like highs in the fifties. Like nice. that, that's a pretty good, um, it's a pretty good winter to me. So yeah, I really liked, really like the change. It's kind of like, I love Madison, mm-hmm. um, spent five years there. Um, and just like, it's a really, I love it there. Um, you got like the lakes, the summers are great. Um, but just coming out here, it's been, you know, it's been different, but it's been a good change. Yeah. So Alicia and I have really like enjoyed being here and just kind of, we haven't really gotten to know Colorado well yet. Cause like, we're just like so busy pretty much. I feel like she's been traveling for races a lot. Oh yeah. Some people, I think, I think a lot of people don't realize how, like how intense it is to like, to even, to even be professional, like, you're training so much, like you really don't have much time. Um, and so, yeah. And obviously like when you do have time, if you're running like, you know, 80 to hundred miles a week, the first thing to do is not like, Oh, I want to go hike up a mountain or something. <laughs> like you just, you just want to like relax. Yeah. Well, I so. think it's also like you have weird time where it's like your weekends are usually busy, but you have like a ton of free time, like on a Tuesday, (laughs) which is not always conducive to activities. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we've, um, I don't think we mentioned it so far, but we have a, we have a, a dog named Bert 
um we we adopted him like a couple months after we got here in 2020 so yeah that's been like it's been super fun having him and uh yeah definitely is probably like bright part of the day you know i was uh i i did a little mining for questions to ask you and uh Ty, Ty Dinger uh, said, "You're ask him about his dogs." So we, I'm glad we covered that. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. I'm surprised uh, he stayed quiet this whole time, to be honest. Yeah, is he hanging out there with you? Is he the silent co-host of the pod? Yeah, he is. He's been uh, he's been on the couch. He's just passed out, I guess. <laughs> what kind of dog is he? So he's like a. He looks like a border collie, mm-hmm. but he's in but he's in the shape of like a Corgi. So <laughs> okay. it, it, he's really, he's really weird looking. Um, it's just like you, st- it's, it's like you shrunk a border collie and then stretched him out basically. <laughs> so he's got these really stubby legs, um, like really small head. Um, and he's kind of like, he's got the same kind of crazy energy as like a catalog. Um, but yeah, he's a good, he's a good pup. How does he get along with, um, What's all his dog's name? Gus. Um, it's like a Bert can run circles around him. Like <laughs> Bert, Bert is like so quick, but the instant that like Gus gets like on top of Bert or something, like it's just over for Bert. <laughs> Gus is probably I don't know how heavy he is, but he's definitely got like twenty to forty pounds on Bert. So oh, he's a unit for sure. <laughs> just massive. And, uh, but also, um, so Zach, Zach Snyder, he ran at Wisconsin as well. He also lives with the guys. He has a, he has a cat named Gimli. Okay. Um, so, you guys got a whole farm out there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Bert like absolutely loves going to the, the guy's house. Cause he's got, he's got Gus, he's got Gimli and they could just like, they could just play for hours, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, usually if we ever like have to go somewhere, we'll, drop bird off at their house and like if you if you go and pick him up he's like asleep in the passenger seat (laughs) before you even get out of the driveway so yeah it's all tuckered out yeah um awesome well we we wrap up every episode uh by asking everybody the same three questions um so you're on the hot seat now and i our first one is your instagram crush um i will say uh, you can't say Alicia because that's cheating. And um, crush can be interpreted broadly. So like people, people can say like, so I'll say like dog accounts or like something you saw on TikTok. Like it definitely uh, can be interpreted quite widely in terms of uh, what your, what your internet crush is these days. Um, let's see. I don't usually have like a, a single account that I like right now, Alicia and I are always sending like, just a lot of dumb memes back and forth. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, but I guess particularly there's this one account that I've recently been following. Um, so it's this guy, his name is, is Tom Cardi. So he's like a, he's like, he's an Australian comedian slash songwriter. So mm-hmm. he just, he's like, he makes these like pretty, these like shorts of him, like performing these songs in his studio. And they're all just like, they're kind of like little dicky type. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like really stupid and like random. It's kind of got, it's, it's got like TikTok vibes. 
So yeah, yeah I'd, say, I'd say that's probably my like my my crush right now because I've been uh, been watching like every single video. They're all nice. like, if you look them up, I don't know how you'll think about me, but <laughs> like stupid, but it's funny. If you ever my, I feel like I'm late to the game, but uh, have you ever watched any like Garfunkel and Oates videos um, with Kate Minacucci and uh, Ricky Lindholm? No, I don't think I've ever heard of uh, that. If you like like kind of raunchy musical comedy, uh, they they are amazing. They do they're like these two women. They do like songs, but like literally one of their songs is about like riding a go a go kart and like having it feel like masturbating. Like that's like their sense of humor. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, Garfunkel and Oates. They're like they're like on YouTube usually for mostly, but they're they're so funny. Um, All right. <laughs> um, next, uh, your go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic. It's your time to shine. What are you singing? Um, I think it it really depends on the moment, but um, either either a kiss from a rose by Seal, sure, or um. If I'm if I'm feeling emotional, um, "Hero" by Enrique, <laughs> just like an all time great. Like I could, yeah, I think I could sing that at any point. That, that's that, a, I'll pick. That's a good karaoke one. I, I definitely uh, support that. Uh, it's a perfect throwback, um, and I don't think it'll ever get old. <laughs> um, and last but not least, your death row meal. You're going to the chair. You get to eat one last meal. Anything you want. What are you eating? You know what? I think, I think I would go out. I think I would go out my own way. So I have a, I have a severe egg allergy. Okay. I'm going, I'm going like a, an egg scramble all the way. <laughs> I'm going up before the chair. I think that's what I would choose. Nice. I like that. I think from age like age seven to 16 i would have like a egg burrito every morning for breakfast and you have a severe egg allergy now normally that's not one of those ones that like hits oh, late. yeah so like one day it was just like sophomore year or something all of a sudden like i i had some eggs and then i went on a run mm-hmm. i just like felt the worst i've ever felt in my life like on this run, I had to walk back like three miles and get back in the training room. And they're like, yeah, you're going to the hospital. Like you look terrible. And yeah, from that day, I haven't, uh, haven't been able to enjoy, you know, an egg breakfast. So I, I think that's my pick. That's the way to go out. I love that. That's a, that's a good answer. (laughs) Um, well, thanks for thanks for coming on. This is uh this has been a great episode. Uh I uh after this, you know, the secret's out. Uh the this is the the Ben Eidenshank trains one you gotta get on. So uh, I appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, until next time. This has been Run Your Mouth. I can be your hero, baby. I'm